0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. According to the Lord. Some Sadducees, those who deny that there is a resurrection, came forward and put this question to Jesus, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us, If someone's brother dies leaving a wife but no child... His brother must take the wife and raise up descendants for his brother. Now, there were seven brothers. The first married a woman but died childless. Then the second and the third married her, and likewise, all the seven died childless. Finally, the woman also died. Now, at the resurrection, whose wife will that woman be? For all seven had been married to her. Jesus said to them, The children of this age marry and remarry, but those who are deemed worthy to attain to the coming age and to the resurrection of the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. They can no longer die, for they are like angels. And they are the children of God because they are the ones who will rise. That the dead will rise, even Moses made known in the passage about the bush, when he called out, Lord, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And he is not God of the dead, but of the living, for to him all are alive. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord So there were seven sons in that first reading who preferred to die rather than to disobey God. And then here in this gospel, there were seven brothers who died. I mean, it was just a hypothetical situation, but nevertheless, they used the number seven, all leaving this woman childless. And I've been reading a book called The Seven Desires of Every Heart. So I feel like it was providential for me to discuss this book in light of these readings today, especially, well, both the first reading and, that, and this gospel, they speak to us about eternal life, about the assurance that God wants us to have in heaven. And in the happiness that awaits us in heaven, the fulfillment of all our desires that awaits us in heaven in a definitive way. So God created each and every one of us with certain desires. This book lists seven. There's certainly more than seven. But these seven desires help us to Encompass all the other ones, you might say. So I'll go through them. I don't expect you to remember them all today, but check out the book. I think it's a great book written by a Christian couple, Mark and Deborah Laser, L-A-A-S-E-R. And the first desire that they speak about is the desire to be understood, the desire to be heard and understood. That we want to be able to speak our mind and to express our feelings to somebody who will listen to us. Who will hear us out. Who will sympathize with us. Who will be able to empathize with us. Who will be able to validate our experience. They may not agree with us 100%. So that's something that we all have a desire for. It helps us know that what we think and what we feel is important. It helps us to feel loved. All of these desires, when they are fulfilled, help us to feel loved. And that's the most basic desire that we all have. To be loved. We all want to know, we all want to feel loved. God made us that way. And as St. Augustine expressed, our hearts are restless until they rest in you, O Lord, because he made us for himself. And he himself wants to fulfill all of these desires. And so in prayer, you can always know that you're going to be heard. Again, if you struggle with that, if you struggle with expressing yourself, I encourage you to go to the Psalms. It's God's prayer book. There's 150 Psalms in the Old Testament, and it's like an inspired prayer book. And most of the, more than half the Psalms were written by King David. was no goody-two-shoes, if you know anything about David. (laughs) But he was a man of God. God said, there's a man after my own heart who's able to express himself, what he thinks and how he feels. So maybe as you grew up, you weren't given that opportunity, or people didn't encourage you to express your thoughts or your feelings. Maybe nobody really took the time to listen to your opinion or to your feelings. But God is always there wanting to listen to you and to validate you. So that's the first desire. The second desire is to be affirmed for what we do. To be distinguished with the next one, which is to be blessed for who we are. So we all want to be affirmed for what we do. We want to know that what we do is valued. It's appreciated. I think we can all relate to that. I think that's pretty simple. And then to be blessed just for who we are. I think that one sometimes escapes us a little bit. You know that I hear confessions. Some of you have come to confession with me. And I maybe have even said this back to you, but I think we all tend to be pretty hard on ourselves. Myself included. But I like to tell people in confession especially, God is not hard on you like that. We tend to be hard on each other. The world tends to be unforgiving. But God is not that way. God wants us to feel blessed just for who we are, regardless of what we do. God wants us to be blessed just for who we are. And in the book, they make a great point that even Jesus, in his humanity, was blessed by the Father at his baptism before he went out and did anything, before he performed any miracles, before he preached any sermons. He went to be baptized by John in the Jordan, and the Father's voice was heard blessing his Son. This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. So that brought Jesus joy in his humanity. He needed to hear that. That he was special in the Father's eyes, that he was delightful, that he was good, that he was lovable. Just for who he was before he went out and did anything. And no matter how much we do, we can never, in a sense, earn that blessing. We can win affirmation, we can merit affirmation and gratitude, but that blessing is something that is gratuitous. We have to receive it unconditionally in order to feel really good about ourselves. Otherwise, it depends on, or it is conditional, based upon what we do. And then that'll always leave us anxious. Because what if I don't do something good enough? What if I'm not good enough? Then I could lose that blessing. No, that's not true. In God's eyes, we can never lose that love of God, that blessing of God. The fourth desire is to feel safe, to feel provided for. Again, pretty basic, to be fed, to be nourished, to be uh, clothed and sheltered, but also to have a safe place, again, to be yourself and to be accepted and loved. So to feel, to feel safe. And then to be the fifth desire, to be touched. In a healthy, non-sexual way. To be touched. And if you think about it, even God, through his sacraments, wants to touch us. We're going to receive Holy Communion. And I don't know if it ever really registered with you, but... You are being touched by God during Holy Communion. So God is even answering or fulfilling a desire here and now that we don't often think about. But it's important that we touch each other in healthy, non-sexual ways. It brings healing. If you notice, all throughout the Gospels, whenever Jesus performed a miracle, he laid his hands on people One time he even spat on the ground and made a paste with the dirt and then rubbed it on the man's eyes. He put his finger in the guy's ear. So he always was touching people when he was performing miracles. And when we touch each other in healthy ways, that's soothing, that's reassuring, that's healing. And then the last two are similar. Again, but to, f- to be included, to know, to feel that we are included in something greater than ourselves, in some mission, like unleashing the gospel, to be on a, on a team, to be in a parish community, to be in a family, to feel a part of something greater than yourself that you contribute to, that you contribute to in a meaningful way. Well, God absolutely wants us to feel called. We're all called. That's what unleashed the gospel, at least that's what unleashed the gospel to some degree has been a part of. I mean, that's been the meaning of it, the purpose of it. To reawaken the sense of belonging, the sense of mission in all of us that we're all called to do our part. And that God is actually depending on us to do our part. So that speaks to the the last desire, to feel chosen. To feel wanted. A desire to be desired, you might say. A desire to be desired, wanted, called, chosen. That's something that we also have inside of us. And again, the Lord fulfills that. He wants you all to know that you are chosen by him, called by name. First and foremost, as we've said so often from up here, to relationship, called to relationship. And then from that relationship flows the action. The mission flows from the relationship. So these are desires that we all have. And the Lord wants to fulfill all of them. No human being can perfectly fulfill all of those desires. Because no human being is perfect. I tell engaged couples that. You know, I'll say to the, the bride-to-be, you can't f- perfectly fulfill his desires, and he won't perfectly fulfill your desires. Because neither one of you is perfect. So don't even try. Don't even expect that of yourself or of your spouse. But I think we often get ourselves into trouble when we do that. But nevertheless, we can express these desires to each other. And as we do that, we create connection, intimacy. And that leads us to joy. That leads us to strength and resilience. That leads to peace. And as we go to the Lord and as we entrust these desires and their fulfillment to the Lord, we grow in communion with God. We grow in union with God. And of course, that takes faith. Yes, yes, it takes faith. And it takes hope. Because sometimes... Well, the reality is, dear brothers and sisters, the reality is that the ultimate fulfillment of these desires will not happen this side of heaven. And that's where our hope, our Christian hope comes in. The ultimate fulfillment of all these desires will be in heaven when we meet the Lord face to face. And that's the longing that we all have to live with. That's like the heartache that we all have to live with and channel to the Lord. As we end ordinary time, the readings always speak to us about the end times, about our end, our ultimate end, heaven. Death, judgment, heaven, and hell. The four last things. But we all know where we're called to go and where God wants us to be with him in heaven. So we're reminded of these things and and it helps us then to remind ourselves where we ought to be directing our minds and our hearts ultimately. Ultimately. And that'll help us stay hopeful and joyful even in the midst of all the chaos and the pain and the suffering of this world. That God is with us and he's leading us on this path, on this journey to the Father's house. The place where we will experience ultimate fulfillment that will never end. So let's ask the Lord to increase our faith today and our hope In him, in his ability and in his desire to fulfill all of our desires and to make us happy. Not so much in this life completely and totally, but in the life to come. Amen.